Production. Recorded live. Uh, yeah, it's an Apple version of Crown Royal to go along with the Maple version that they came out with. I don't know last year, or the year before. You, you guys, that, you, that you actually sounds really good. Right? Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've ne- I haven't even seen that before. I've never heard of it, but that sounds really good. But is it like a, a dry apple or a sweet apple? Because I, you know, green apples. I don't know, but I don't know, like any any sort of candy that's apple, like a candy well, I, apple. I think it's apple apple. I think it's somewhere apple? between like a gala and a honey crisp. Any Granny Smith <laughs> uh, bouquets in there at all? Granny, yeah. Well, that's a little on the bit. I don't know. Would that? How does that skate on a when a on a bourbon back or a whiskey back? I don't know. That'd be that'd be interesting. Uh, that'd be pretty tart. I'd actually, I think. It'd, yeah, I think it would balance fairly well. It sounds like it'd be uh, uh, a, and I think it has the potential to be a pretty good shot too. There you go. Oh yeah. Now we're talking. Right. I mean, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. Well, think about. So, Jared, could you do that in like a in like a boiler maker setup? I would. I would. I'll try anything. First of all, <laughs> in any, in any setup. <laughs> <laughs> Once. Well then, once. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know what? I suppose we ought to talk about the goddamn team. What do you say, boys? Do we have much? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, it's it's uh, January 4th. It's the five-minute major. It's actually the second five-minute major of the year, I believe. Yeah. And um, it is I, Nick in New York, with the full crew tonight. I've got uh, I've got Jared Mason. Mason, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know, relatively good. Relatively if speaking. If we're, com- if we're talking about hockey yet, then no, but otherwise, great. That, that Ebola thing cleared up, though. That's good. <laughs> <Clean>. uh, <laughs> I've got uh, Mike Berg. Mike, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm just peachy. Roll over the seven and sevens tonight. Again? Nice. Hey, why Again. not? Did you now? Was this a new bottle, or did you uh, have some left over? Were you sandbagging on the uh, live drunk blog the other night? That was Jack, oh, right? Oh, that was. Oh, that, oh, that, that was, was Jack. This is this. That is, was Jack. This, I actually actually went and got actually got a bottle of seven for this. And a boy. Well right. done. Hold the seven. The the wrong. <laughs> and we also have doubles. Uh, and doubles was the host of the first five minute major of the year 20, 2015. Uh, which I hope that you've all listened to, and if not, you really should. Cause it's a great special episode. It's a great episode. Period. Uh, doubles. Uh, you somehow collared an interview with the with the inimitable and great Paul Stewart, former uh, referee, and many other things. Um, and uh, I wanted to sort of start with your sort of reflections and thoughts about about interviewing someone of his august personage and reputation. Uh, really, I mean, Stewie's one of the, absolutely one of my, <laughs> kind of ridiculous to say for a mid-40-something guy, but uh, absolutely one of my all-time favorite hockey idols, characters, um, aside from the illustrious career that he's had in hockey, a uh, huge uh, advocate in the uh, continued fight against cancer. So just uh, it, just absolute thrill for me. Um, you'd have never known, right? So I sounded like uh, the Chris Farley show uh, talking to Jeff Daniels. <laughs> that was hey, you, Jeff. Right? hey Jeff, remember that time in arachnophobia when all those fighters came? Oh, God, I'm so stupid. 
You know what? That was really good stuff. I thought that was fantastic. It was really good material there. He, he was, uh, he's, he's a real character. He's, he's really something to listen to. Oh my God. And you know, it, it took me, it took me a little bit to figure it out, but it was just kind of, it got to a point where I was like, all right, just, it was like word association. Just give him a topic. And <laughs> fantastic. And, uh, and I, I'm a huge WHA World Hockey Association, uh, almost a historian buff, uh, for lack of a better term. And my God, some of the stories those guys have. I mean, those guys live Slapshot. It is unfreaking believable. Uh, what were what did he say anything or 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 uh, call up any stories or anything that that surprised you? I, I had no idea he married a gal from Burnsville. Um, yeah. I, you know, at the risk of uh, sounding like a creeper, I, I wanted to make him feel like I had done my homework with him, but uh, <laughs> tried not to tried not to freak him out too bad. Um, but it was kind of funny because I, I caught him on uh, Friday afternoon while I'm sitting at my cube at work, and uh, I'm like, "Okay, Stewie, I, I've never done this before, but the number I need you to call into is seven two four." And he's trying to read it back to his kids who are trying oh. to help him in the in the car. Okay, and then once you get there, you got to put in this call ID. But if you don't have a talk shoe ID, and I'm just going, oh Christ, this thing is going to go over like a fart in church. But he actually, he, 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 he was unbelievably friendly and uh, just an absolute thrill for me to just wind him up and let him go. It was fantastic. Well, I, as I said, I would encourage everybody to uh, check out the interview. You can find it on htphockey.com. It's also, there's a great uh, write up that Doubles did around it. Uh, including uh, a, a player or a link to a player for the interview that can be found on Wild Extra, wildxtra.com. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun way to spend some time listening to uh, one of these old school hockey guys, and I do mean old school hockey guys, um, reminiscing about his career, his family, and, and even a bit on the state of the game. It was, a, it, was a, it was a lot of fun to listen to, and I have to believe it was a pretty special experience for you as well. So congratulations on a, on a job well done. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, in a weird way, after talking to him, I almost felt kind of cheated that I haven't been punched in the face by him at one point or another. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I mean that in the most complimentary way. Uh, just a, a absolute all-time character, um, and I really, I, I had, I, I was a little surprised that he had so much uh, involvement in the movie Slapshot. Um, in fact, he kind of. He's the the player in the yellow helmet for the Long Island Ducks. Uh, it's probably a more more familiar way to describe it would be he's a teammate of uh, goaltender Tommy Hanrahan that loses yeah. his mind on uh, Reggie Dunlop. You can see Stewie, uh, Stewie kind of <laughs> sweeps. Uh, he kind of comes behind the net and sweeps the puck out right before uh, Hanrahan goes mental there. So it's, uh, it's pr- pretty pretty good stuff. It's a real treat for me for sure. Outstanding. Uh, it's great. Everybody, everybody would do themselves well to give it a listen, and uh, and we really sincerely hope you do. So, all right, boys, let's uh, let's address the elephant in the room here. And this is this goddamn team dropped. I mean, obviously the game last night, the seven-one loss in Dallas, predictable in that they lost, probably given that they had to travel and the travel got screwed up and everything like that. Um, but certainly not predictable in necessarily in the way that they lost. And as opposed to 
just rehashing his 7-1 ass-kicking, which, you know, I mean, speaks for itself on its merits or lack thereof. Um, you know, I want to talk about the fact and the comprehensiveness uh, with which this team is just utterly and completely underperforming at every level um, at, at this point, 37 games into their season. Um Mason, let's start with you. I mean, you wrote a really, uh, a really, I thought, compelling piece on Wild Extra, uh, your your latest sixer about you know who, you know sort of what is this team and 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 you really spent some time that um, you know sort of what is their identity and did the exercise of writing that out for you give you any additional clarity? Well, only on paper. So that I mean, aside from that, um, not really. I mean, it. it uh, I resolved with that section with basically a uh, it's a you know maybe ending like well maybe they could be this or maybe they could be that but um, you know who no one tells what this team how to play whatsoever as we you know as we've uh, grown to know um, but I, I think it I think it you know was was pretty easy to to boil down what we aren't and that's that's a sad thing right you know, like. We don't know what this team is, but we 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 know what they can't do, and that's like you know be physical. That's uh, <clears throat> overly physical, you know, mm-hmm. um, or you know skillful that sort of thing. Because and that that was the thing that made me mad the most is that there's no reason why we couldn't be a um, both a skill and, and possession team, but you know they're they've got all all the elements to to be those or that that type of team or those types of teams, but. They they just won't. And what is it like? Uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't be right, and that's why we're having this conversation. So why aren't they? Yeah, and and is it as a follow up? Can they be both? I mean, they could be either. Can they be both? That, that's personally, I think it's you know, I'm, it, it's kind of like uh, talking about music and, and bands and and saying no, they're this genre or this genre. Or really, you know that no band is necessarily one or another, you know, uh, if they're any good, that is. But I, I would say the same thing could be true for, for hockey teams. Um, this, this, for instance, like take LA Kings, you'd call them probably a, a more physical team, but because of their physicality, they, they possess the puck a lot. Or, or or is it the other way around, too, where they where they don't possess it a lot because they're always hitting? But um, each, each, each of the elements can be a way to... Um, I think to to kind of let the, let another element um, take over, um, but yeah, I, I you know you look at old old school Detroit and they were definitely a possession team, but because they were all they were also skilled, they were able to uh, just run circles around people, um, and, but and while while holding the puck. So um, I think they can go in hand, hand in hand, but certainly nothing is going hand in hand uh, with this team right now, other than. Fucking up and falling down; those two things. Are uh, unless you jumping <laughs> off hand in hand, that that would be one thing that is certainly happening. Yeah, balls aren't going in hand. <laughs> I would say. Um, Mike, uh, I, I know we know where you came, got to a couple of weeks ago on the yo topic, uh, and and I want to reiterate before people start freaking out that it was not so much that, in fact, it wasn't at all that you didn't don't like him, that you think he's a bad coach that you think he's the problem. It's that, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but as I read your piece, it was that 
something needs to change, and it's easier to fire the one coach than it is to fire 23 players or to yeah. track 23 players. Um, but then, as I recall, um, last week when we all uh, talked ourselves into feeling a little bit better about things in general, um, uh, you got you you got to that sort of space with him as well. Where do you stand today tonight? Uh, what's the temperature outside? Which way is the wind blowing? Uh, I don't, you know, I, I just, it, it really, it, it changes with, you know, it, it, oh God, I, I, I don't fucking know where I am, man. It, it changes all the goddamn time because it's, you know, one minute I'm thinking, all right, fine, whatever this team, it, they, they, it is what it is. They are who they are. And, you know, I, nothing but my impotent rage is going to do anything about it. And then I think, ah, fuck, these guys can do better than this. And then I get mad at them again. So, you know, the, you know, the, there's a thrashing like last night. And, you know, I didn't watch the game. I mean, were there turds all over the ice from the from yes. this team? I mean, yes. it's just like from all the, all the players shooting their pants constantly. I mean, yes. you know, it was just I, – I, I just I, – I don't – I do not understand this team sometimes. Um, I'm probably still in the, in the, in the Zen state right now where it's like, you know, we just have to accept that this, this team is what, what it is right now. And, you know, we're not, fuck, I don't know. You know, you you get me wound, you get me, I'm I'm like, man, you just, you, you get me wound up on a topic and, and I don't even know which way, which way I'm even looking right now. I mean, it's, Sometimes I think that this team can pull their heads out of their asses, that they can that they can make it work, and that they can, that they can do the job. And then part of me thinks that you know it's completely pointless. All right. I mean, I'm going to give you a break, and I want to get that blood pressure up too high, so I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, well said. Um, because I, man, man, I, listen, I don't disagree with anything you just said, and and that resonates with a lot of my feelings as well. But but let's give you that break, and and uh, and and give you a chance to breathe here. Doubles. <laughs> One of the things that bothers me about this team, and you're you're similar to me in the sense that um, you know a little bit more old school in your appraisal of how um, you know just sort of the dynamics of a team or the team aspect of the game and what have you, uh, as opposed to the sort of newfangled you know. They didn't. It, all is not lost because this stat said that he played well last night, or whatever the hell it is. Um, it seems to me that this team is either taking every possible excuse available to it, or at the very least, not choosing to rise above any of the excuses available to them. And I, I would say that those are two different things, maybe nuanced, but those are two different things in my mind. Do you do, do you agree with that? Do you see that? Do you not agree with that? What 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 does that what does that do for you? First off, I got to thank Bergy for that expletive filled rant. He just went on. Couldn't have worded that. I understood where the f bombs. Couldn't have worded that better myself, and uh, I uh, was living vicariously through you as the cuss uh, words were coming out there. But it's just God, it's just infuriating, and the thing that really I don't that's know, the word I was looking for. It's infuriating. It was like who the yeah, <laughs> you're too infuriated. I was gonna say the thing, and then it was like, okay, well, the laundry list of shit that pisses me off about this team is, God, how many times have we seen them give up three, four, five goals in a row now? Seven. 
Yeah. That does not happen to good hockey teams. And really, I mean, kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me last night that really pissed me off is after five rip, now we're going to show a little attitude. Yes. And Big Bickle's yeah. going to go out there and swing for the fences 85 times, you know, on uh, – I don't even know who he was going after, but at at five rip, now you're going to show some life? It, it, right. It was so – it was so – Fabricated and calculated. It just about made me sick. It, it, it was I, 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 don't know, I think. Uh, I, it, yeah, where that was, was pathetic. That, where was that? At, where was that uh, attitude at seven o'clock instead of eight thirty when you're already down five rip? Yeah, it, it was. It was unprofessional in the sense that it was. It was almost immature. I mean, you know, it's. Yeah. You, you know, you're going to have bad legs because you played the night before and you had traveled all night to get to Dallas and what have you. So you, you're gonna. You're gonna. But you're going to waste that energy on screwing around when you're already getting your ass handed to you? That, that's crazy. And, and then let in two more don't, goals. Don't get me wrong. I love a good scrap as much as the next guy, but it was it was almost embarrassing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, it's – it's and, and that's where I was going with, you know, sort of taking every excuse available to them. And, you know, they're, they're, they're paying lip service to not, you know, no excuses and what have you. But the bottom line is – they came out flat when they could have come out flat. They they didn't buckle down and 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 find their nuts and and rise above it. You know, um, you know. Nick, let me jump in us, here. Every, we got two guys out every night sick with this horrible thing and the mumps and what have you. And and then the defense doesn't play well. And you know, and so it's. I I just I think the mark of a of a, of a of a good team and and a team with strong leadership and et cetera is a team that's gonna it's, that somebody's gonna somehow coalesce all this, you know, potential negativity and distraction and say, you know what, we're better than that. Follow me. Here's, you know, there's no way Mark Messier lets his New York Rangers team in 94 get away with that kind of shit on any consistent basis, if ever. And and that's, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this just about leadership, but, but that's sort of what I'm talking about is, is, yeah. is, is find a way to be, have the whole be greater than the sum of the parts. Is and, that and available? Can he can he still play? We we could use Messi. He can ride a three wheeled scooter around. We know that. <laughs> I saw I saw somewhere it might have been on uh, Micheletti's Twitter feed, where all of a sudden this you know quasi line ball line brawl line brawl breaks out. Say that five yeah. times fast, and. And Micheletti wants to point fingers at Brodeen for not grabbing a hold of yeah. Daly uh, and, you know, to start going after Daly while he's going, you know, while Daly is trying to go third man in on our guy that gets 37 seconds uh, yeah. time on ice a night uh, every 10th game. <laughs> Are you serious with that, Mick? <laughs> is is Brodeen supposed to break a knuckle on a helmet in a five-rip game defending Bickle? Are you dry up me with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's here, here's something that, you know, really stri- st- strikes out at me is that if if you – a good team knows, like, I can't fucking believe we had to sit on a goddamn plane for nine fucking hours last night. Let's just get – let's just jump on these assholes. First thing – 
get a get a one or two goal lead and then just sit on it. I mean, that's what a good team does. I mean, they they know that they're going to be dead dead ass tired by the third period. And what they're going to do is they're going to go out there. They're going to take every advantage they can in the first fifteen goddamn minutes, and they're going to do everything they can to get a quick lead so that they can so that they can hang on to that lead and win the game that way. You know, instead, what this team does is they say. Well, I guess I'm just going to stand here and hold it myself, and, you know, maybe that guy will do his fucking job so I don't have to. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, right. I'm not getting away with that. I'm not I mean, stepping that, on that. That's what a good team does. A good team says, you know, we got fucked last night. Let's let's go out there. Let's Let's do something. You know, and every time they win one of these games, they don't come back and they don't say, hey, we got to do this again. They say, "Hey, we won a game. Awesome. That's good. Let's get, you know, let's let's all go get laid." And and then they don't do anything with it. They don't well, even get, get laid. laid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you're right. It's like they they get a they get a win, and then that's you know they already have their excuse not to need to perform the next night. You know, yeah, oh, every, you know every, we, we lost the second one, but it was a back to back after a good emotional win. Yeah, and and every win they get means. Jack shit if they don't go out and win again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't have any more margin for error in that way. I mean, they they really don't. Now, now we were talking about this beforehand, and it, and it is sort of interesting. I mean, it's it, the the feeling of desperate, you know, sort of desolation here um, is really more optics than statistics in the sense that you know they have thirty seven games played, so they're less than half the way through the season. Yes, they're in eleventh place in the conference. Yes, they only have forty points, but they're still—I mean, from a pure numerical standpoint—they're um, still only five points back of eighth place, albeit three teams because San Jose and Calgary both have forty-five points, Dallas has forty-one points, Minnesota has forty points, right? So it—it's it, still, you know, sort of mathematically a stretch to say that in a vacuum to say that they're out of it. They're not, but nobody in their right mind who's watched this team this year feels good about their prospects for making the playoffs. And, and and I think that's just, I, I think that that perception is reality at this point. And, and here's the thing. I don't think they think they don't certainly seem to act like now, right now, like they believe that they're going to get it together. Mm-mm. Yeah, there, there's no urgency and there's no consistency in this team. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Equals underperforming. Exactly. All right, so right now, it out. here, here, here's the thing. Right now, I mean, okay, so who's going to fall, right? I mean, you know, you know, Russo did a little bit of this uh, a week or so ago, but, you know, you know, LA is sitting in seventh place right now with 47 points, tied with Vancouver and Winnipeg for points albeit with more games played than both of those two teams. Uh, so fifth, so I guess they're tied for fifth place with seven, 47 points. You don't see L.A. doing anything other than figuring it out. I mean, they're, they're sort of just getting their sea legs and getting, you know, just squeak into the playoffs and they'll be fine kind of thing. Um, I don't, I'm not necessarily a buyer yet on Winnipeg. I'm not a buyer yet on San Jose. I'm not a buyer yet on Calgary. I'm not a buyer on Dallas, even though they just beat the shit out of us last night. Right, uh, uh, and then Colorado in twelfth place is only two points behind the Wild with only one more game played. But I'm not a buyer on them either. So, 
you know, it's possible that teams. I mean, I, the one team that I think is gonna, is, is showing staying power right now is freaking Nashville. I mean, I, I don't see them yep. falling. Um, and you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, they can sort of entertain and keep Chicago and St. and St. Louis engaged, uh, uh, and so they don't really worry about this guy's mind. I mean, I don't know it really doesn't work that way. But so I'm I'm going to put out to you guys. Among the teams that we're chasing, Dallas, Calgary, San Jose, just to get into the top eight, and then L.A., Winnipeg, Vancouver, um, above them, who falls? In order for the Wild to move up, somebody's got to fall. So how? from whom are we going to take over points? Winnipeg. You know, so Winnipeg's down their top 4-D right now. Right, and they're five, three, and two in their last ten, and they're playing great hockey. They've got a plus eight goal differential. So as that starts improving their health, exactly, they're going to get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Out out of all those teams, they're probably the weakest. And I mean, I'm I'm pulling shit out of my ass here, literally. But you know what, you know. I guess my only concern, if I'm a Winnipeg fan, is what's this going to do to chemistry when we get start getting players back? And that's that's. I mean, I'm, I'm grasping at straws. That's the only thing I can really think of, other than to say they're probably the weakest of the teams that we're chasing right now. And and you know that's the point to bring up. Yeah, maybe on paper, whatever they're they're they look like the weakest team. They weren't great last year, or the year before. They had gumption, you know. But I mean, they're playing with spirit, and this team is is spiritless right now, or exactly. in the wild that is. And, and I wouldn't it, say that I wouldn't say that any of those other teams above us are are playing with the same you know void of spirit that that uh, the Wild are. And I and I do try to watch as many of of, of you know our competition games as possible. Um, but I mean, and all of them are better teams, and they're not playing like you know soulless husks. It could be a little dramatic. And, and, what's your what's your perception of Calgary? Because that's the one team that sticks out to me is arguably worse talent wise, even than Winnipeg. It seems to me that they've only been surviving on spirit this year. I'd agree, but that's better than you know hoping that your your, your talent on paper uh, scores for you instead of you know actually doing it. Yeah, well, here's, here's, here's I think the they had they're riding a great you know a lot of momentum from you know the early part of the season. You know, Hiller was a good addition. There uh, is it, is it uh, Gerard? I'll never be able to say that, but uh, their defender that's that's really helping out in the yeah. back line uh, on on the offense. Giordano. Uh, yeah, Giordano. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, you, you know, I think they they everyone pretty much assumes that you know the other shoe is going to drop eventually for them. Probably the same uh, thing for Winnipeg, but it might be too late for a team like the Wild to take advantage of, of them coming back to Earth. Doubles, this, does, this, does this Wild team make the playoffs this year? <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> we have fucking won two games in a row since over a month since that's happened. I, yeah. I, I just, it's, I almost feel delusional even considering the playoffs. Um, it's yeah, they they can't string two wins in a row together. Um they can't string no, one win and, in a row together. Yeah, and you know, and they're gonna if they are gonna make the playoffs, it's gonna be the result of a huge second half push. So 
So let's just say they do catch lightning in the bottle. They figure out the goaltending. And all of a sudden they do have this great second half. Okay, well, supposing that even happens, which is a stretch, is there going to be anything left in the tank for mm-hmm. anything no. left in the playoffs? I mean, th- there's a reason that the Stanley Cup is so coveted. It's because the playoff grind, just it's endless. It, it goes on forever. And that's that's why winning the Cup is so rewarding. And, 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 uh, and you can't possibly go into the playoffs playing 40 games that are essentially playoffs before the big dance even starts. You want to play 40 must-win games before you have to win those? Yeah. And, and, and this goes back, Nick, to what you were saying before about all these other teams playing with all the spirit is that that is not a sustainable model for long-term success in the NHL because you're going to get a bad bounce, something's going to happen, your, your luck's going to run out, and your spirit is going to fade like that. And the teams that are good, and and this is the only reason why I think the Wild even have a chance at making the playoffs, is that, you know, someone else is going to have is going to shit the bed at some point, and that's just going to open the door for the Wild. That's the only way it's even going to be possible. Whether you know, no matter how likely, but to what Doubles is saying, yeah, I mean, even if they do, I mean, they're, they're you know they're going to blow their load on the regular season and not have anything left for the for the postseason. I would, I would yeah. say, though, that, that in order, if so, someone shits the bed and there's that opportunity, that's that's where it's very concerning, you know, that we're talking about this team doesn't play with urgency. Who's to say that, oh, they're going to be like, oh, this team's fall and let's, let's finally start playing. Like, why would, they, why would they suddenly start playing with urgency when they've shown that they can't do that all year so far? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we know how hard it is to just turn it on, quote-unquote, in hockey. You know, particularly once you get past Christmas and you know, soon the All Star break when, you know, every game's a three point game. It's just, it's not. I, I, I'm going to say right now, I don't think they make the playoffs. We got more than half the season to go, and I'm, I'm saying I don't, I don't, th- I don't think they make the playoffs. I'm calling it. My, my we should start call. scoping up the draft the draft at this point. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, but that's my next question: is is the problem is they're not going to be bad enough to really yep. fuck up right. Right, I mean. They're, so, they're, so, so you're saying they're like the Vikings? Yeah. Well, God help us. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, they're they're like the Wild. This is what they do: is they they yep. they don't they don't do well enough to do well. They're not, you know, and they don't do bad enough to do that well. Right? They don't do anything well. Right? So the, the air you're gonna end up with the tenth or twelfth pick. Exactly. No, I mean, listen, I read. Uh, and, and you guys know I wrote, I wrote this up a little bit for for a while extra, but I, I read Tomlin's book, and 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 one of the things that that I that I and thinking about it since since I read it uh, comes back to me is I, I honestly think in the ter- in terms of setting the team up for for you know sort of suffer through your expansion years and then grow into that winner that that hiring Lemaire was a mistake, but yeah. You can't not hire Lemaire in that scenario. Yeah. Right. So I don't have a. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that Riser made a mistake in hiring Lemaire, but I think that Lemaire was so good at getting every possible ounce out of his crew of ne'er do wells and long forgotten, uh, you know, minor league talent guys, that um, that that is what's going to have prevented this team from really bringing in those you know those lottery position picks that would have set us up for you know to be 
one of the St. Louis's right now, or Nat, you know, not Nashville. Well, look at, Louis. Look, at, look at Columbus came in in the same year, and they did the alternate. Uh, they didn't get yeah. Jacques Lemaire. They got a no-name um, they they got a no name coach and it doesn't work for them either. You know they, right. they've but been they, on average worse the ent- their entire existence, and they have. But they also really got a rich and, Well, yeah. But, but, I mean, but what would you rather have at this point? Would you rather have had, had a Gabbard. great run in in '03 and um and one other playoff series victory and you know three I think time or three more appearances in the playoffs than they have. But marginal, more, marginally more success at best. Um, uh, or I mean, you know, I, I, they've got fewer points than we do right now. Although they had a horrible start to the season. Um, but I don't think that we're, you know, that the, they're that much farther behind where we are developmentally right now at all. Uh, I, yeah, I, I kind of think I kind of think that's kind of apples and oranges because, yeah, Doug Risebrow, who you know, come you know, come draft day, couldn't find an ass, couldn't. Figured his ass from a hole in the ground. I mean, you know, a guy who drafts AJ Thielen, Ben Wapulia, James fucking Shepard. I mean, you're going to, you know, reap what you sow there. Aaron Boros. <laughs> yeah, we did pick up Boros. That was a good one. Oh, we picked up. Yeah, we traded. I don't know if he's, I don't know if I he's a trader, but I don't, I don't give a shit. But, you know, <laughs> Riser did it. Didn't we get him from Dallas, Boros? Sounds right. New Jersey for a seventh round yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah, but then he uh, finds Mark fucking Parrish. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, another topic, uh, maybe that 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 uh, before we get into last thoughts here, because you know, it's, as therapeutic as it is to beat this horse, it is dead at this point, in my personal opinion. Um, is this concept that Russo floated uh, in one of his more recent podcasts with Suhan, which, by the way, are pretty entertaining and, and it's an interesting insight from two guys. Even though one of them, Suhan, um, uh, of you know, Russo saying that the Wild better start quickly to conduct a very thorough and honest appraisal of exactly what they have, um, because uh, you know the the sort of veteran core is not super young anymore, and if you don't have the youth to complement it, that is going to get you there, then you better figure it out fast because. If you wait two or three years to do that, then you've got you know your Mikos and your Suiters and your Parisis in their mid thirties, and that's not a time to be starting you know to, to be opening your window. So, um, doubles, I want to throw a name out at you as a guy who I think might be in terms of a uh, you know you know if we're going to make an honest appraisal of what we have and start to maybe try and upgrade proactively. You know, the one guy that, that sort of stands out to me as a potential guy to to, to throw out there in some, as, as a trade bait. What about Charlie Coyle? Now his performance this year has has undercut any market value or whatever his market value was certainly. Um, but you know, I guess more in the sense of, do we start to look at guys who we have thought of as the future, who given the backdrop of this year, maybe aren't the future? Uh, or at least the future that we want to have, and, and start to say maybe we should trade these before the rest of the league figures out what we have already figured out. That's a really good question. Um, you know, it's I mean, with with Charlie, everybody was you know, myself included, pretty happy uh, when they resigned him. Uh, what did they give him? Five years? Uh, 
so four or five years, whatever it is. I would say about a cap geek, but uh, stick yeah. tap to cap geek. Sadly, uh, yeah, that is no longer that that yeah. website went down uh, recently. Uh, so yep. uh, wishing wishing good health to the owner of Cap Geek. Uh, obviously, first and foremost. But uh, you know, I think everybody was on board with with Charlie's deal when they signed it. Um, and what has he scored? Two goals since. Um, you know, two months later. Now, yeah. I think one thing that I have to kind of keep keep in check for myself is, you know, keep thinking big picture, big picture, big picture. Um, you know, I, to me, you know, I, I can't be happy about a guy's deal and then, you know, a mere two months later start showing buyer's remorse. To me, that's really narrow-sighted. Um, but, no, it's, it's certainly a valid question. And I think... Uh, you know, this kind of goes back to the point of, you know, debating whether they had too much success too soon under Lemaire. You know, th- this team has never had a true number one center. Yeah. And the production up the middle right now sucks my ball. <laughs> it, 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 there's nothing there. They're getting nothing from the center position right now. And it's the center's lead and, right now. And, you know, he, what is Parisi leading the team somewhere around 30 points yeah. in the neighborhood of? Gramlin has half that many, and he's played next to the guy the whole year. How does that even happen? Yeah. I was going to bring Gramlin up, too. If you're going to if you're gonna start talking about Coyle kind of losing that untouch, untouchable status, um, I think it, at this point it might even be easier to to take that status off of Gramlin as well. Not not saying that I want either of them to go. Because I think this year is, is has been crap for a lot of people, and so it can't. You know, it, to me, it it seems like, you know, I, I I don't know what it is, whether everyone sucks or if if it's just that kind of year where it's tough to do anything. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I think you you kind of have to start opening your eyes a little bit more too for for other people. But I mean, if the idea is is we don't want to wait a couple years. We can't wait a couple of years to figure it out. That we have to put the pieces in place now or very soon. Then you know we've always you know everybody always wants to be able to acquire a first line player for a fourth line player and you know uh, some some urinal cakes. That's obviously not going to happen. Um, uh, so you know you know you know in order to get a first line player that's you know late twenties kind of age early thirties and into the second contract kind of guy who's going to maybe elevate you into that contender position and support the guys like Parisi and Suter, um, you, you know we haven't wanted to say okay well you know but don't touch the youth don't trade the youth don't trade the youth but you know is, is it time to start thinking about it I mean are are, are we that and I'm not expecting like none of us is expecting a cup run this year, or none of us ever has expected a cup run this year. I'm not talking about 2014, 2015. I'm talking about getting that piece in place to acclimate to the culture, to get the the, the chemistry going, so that maybe you take that run next season. But if you wait to the end of this season, or you wait till next season to do it, then you're just pushing that a year back, and then Parisi's 33 or whatever he is, and Suter's you know the same age, you know so. Is it time to start saying, okay, hey, let's entertain the idea of a, you know, Granlin plus, you know, Coil for, you know, a, a, a 29-year-old first-line, legit first-line player? Kind of like what we did with Pommondville. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, all on balance, 
You know, his he led the team in scoring. He he really helped last year when we were so injured and blah 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 blah. You know, he's he hasn't scored as much this year, but he you know he's a he, yes, sort of like what we did with Palmerville. Yeah, I mean, he, he's Palmer, Palmer's second of the team in points. He's got twenty eight points so so far. I right. mean, that's yeah, nothing to sneak at. And but yeah, I mean, in, he is someone who has consistently produced, and he he has shown his value by being a captain in, on another team. I mean, I I I think that's I think that's significant um yeah and 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 let's circle back to leadership when we get a minute here here nick okay i mean so okay let's finish the point you know uh uh you've got niederreiter you've got zucker Coyle, granlin you know spurgeon fontaine Halla, rodine shut Dumba. your fucking face <laughs> <laughs> dumba Fulin. Uh, I'm going to stop there. Um, what if, but yeah, what if, like Dumba? I mean, with the, with the exception of Brodine, is there? I would say that at some point <laughs> each of those guys was considered well, well including Dumb, including Brodine. At some point in the past, each of those guys was considered sort of untouchable youth, future of the yeah. team. With the exception yeah. of Brodine, because I don't think anybody's willing to trade that guy at this point. With the exception of Brodine, and just because I don't want Mike to have an aneurysm tonight. Um, is any of us are, are we? Is any of us willing to to say to put the sort of untouchable tag on those guys anymore? I would I would I would um, be disappointed if many of them were uh, you know um, moved. I would say that we're we're you know beggars can't be choosers at this point. And if we do have assets like it, we, like you're saying, you know, entertain it, but. Don't go hog wild with them. Don't you know? I, I wouldn't like to see two or three of them well, go for sure. Yeah, and the thing—the thing with youth, and and the thing with with the apparent abundance of youth that we have, is that when you when you've got the assets, then that puts you in a position to to make the deals to go on a run. If you're if the Wild were in like second or third in the division, uh, looking like a real good looking like they're in a real good position, then I'd say. Pull the trigger. I mean, trade a Dumba for, uh, you know, someone who's out there who we could really use. I mean, that's when you pull that trigger. I mean, and, and that's really what you need. I mean, you, we, we can't be expecting this team to be first in the division or, or first in our conference before we start looking at possible deals. I mean, the, where they are right now, you know, at this point in the season, if, if you've got – um, if you're in a decent position to maybe go on a run later in the year, that's when you pull a trigger. That's when you bring someone in um, and, and, and go for a big deal like that. You know, and then in the off season, that's when you say like, it, you know, do we need to, do we need to upgrade a Granlin? I mean, Granlin underperformed this year. Do we need to, to bring in somebody else who can get the job done? You know, maybe we trade Granlund and, and a Hala or a coil um, or, you know, God forbid, a Brodine to bring in the asset to be the the number one center. How's that sit with you, Doubles? I, you know, it's. I think a big a big byproduct of youth is going to be inconsistency, right. and it seemed like earlier in the year, you know, it was kind of like, okay, Zucker seems to be coming along, okay, uh, Spurgeon, Scandella, you know, they're doing their part. And, you know, it got to a point where it was like, okay, Nino's, you know, Nino had the hat trick, and all of a sudden he's doing his part, you know, and he's got 
14 goals in 37 games. But Christ, now you look up and he's minus 74 all of a sudden. <laughs> it's it's just it's so up and down with these guys, and I, you know, I really think they do need to keep the big big picture in mind. But you know, Parisi and Suter are not getting any younger, and I know I'm pretty sure Mike in particular was pretty adamant that this is not the year for them to make a run. Well. It, you know, they're not getting any younger. And, you know, I'm sure Dan Marino thought he was going to get to the Super Bowl more than once uh, beyond his rookie season as well. So it, I don't know what the answer is, but I find it very hard to believe that heads aren't going to roll if they don't make the playoffs. And at the risk of sounding gloom and doom, it just I don't see how they're going to make the playoffs at this point, And I don't see how heads don't roll as a result. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing with with the ownership, and that that's that's the real wild card here because you you never know what what Craig Leopold is going to demand. I mean, is he going to want heads to roll? If he is, then you know, well, guess whose head it's going to be? I mean, either going to be Chuck Fletcher put, putting his own neck on the chopping block, or he's going to find someone else to to put out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's go back to leadership. I mean, you know, one thing that that I found very very interesting is that. And and Russo, you know, reported on this uh, yesterday or maybe the day before about how Vanek is being more vocal in the locker room, yeah. Um, and and how I found it very interesting that that the management described this team as a team of leaders by example. Um, you know, Parisi and Suter and Koivu are the guys that are just going to go out there and they're just going to do what needs to be done and expect everyone to come along with them. Um, and, and I thought it was very interesting because Vanek said some, Russo reported some very interesting facts. You know, first of all, that when Pominville and Vanek were coming up in the Sabres organization, there were leaders there who encouraged the youth yeah. to to be comfortable to, to speak up. And you got to wonder if, you know, is that happening in this locker room? You know, is that is that something that's going on? Um, and, you know, do we need, you know, players who are more vocal and and, you know, Love him or hate him, I mean, I think that that is one thing that I do appreciate about Matt Cook being in the locker room, being on the ice, being on the bench is, you know, you got to give give the you know the 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 motor mouths a little bit of credit for you know just constantly having his mouth going and talking and you know maybe that's where we need like a Matt Cullen, you know maybe that's where a, a guy like Matt Cullen would be beneficial to this team, you know someone who's going to be talking to the other players and saying hey good job come on keep it up you know that that sort of thing. You didn't just I, suggest we get Matt Cullen back, did you? <laughs> <laughs> What? Who? Me? <laughs> October is behind us. No, way, yeah, October was a long ass time ago. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, the thing that where my mind went to though, when you were when you were talking about that, Mike, was that okay? But that suggests that the five or six or whatever former captains that we have in this team aren't getting it done from a leadership perspective, collectively. Like what? I'm not again. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but but the 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 the, the photo negative of that statement is that the again the four or five or six or however many we have former captains can't figure out 
how to lead this team in their own way. And I'm not going to ask them to be something they're not. And you know, look, you know, look at look, look at it like this: if you have a team with Pierre Marc Bouchard and Mikhail Granlin and Nico Koivu on the first line, they're going to be awesome at passing at each other, and they're going to be fucking amazing at passing. But not a single one of them is going to take a goddamn shot on net. <laughs> There are different types of offensive output, and there are different types of leaders. There are leaders who do, who just do shit, and there are leaders who say shit. There are you know there are <laughs> offensive players who pass the puck, and there are offensive players who shoot the puck. I mean, you have different you know you have different roles, different types of leadership, and different types. Just the way, same way you've got different types of offense on on a team. Uh, no, no, I I get all that. I, I'm just saying that that, <laughs> that if we if we all take that Thanks as a given, him keep going. That was good. if we take that as a given, <laughs> that that also means that the leadership that we have, such as it is, is isn't working, failing as leaders. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I I, I see what you're well, saying. Well, I mean, but, but we suck. Yeah, I mean that's right. I mean, you know, how many former captains do we have? It's unbelievable, <laughs> right? I mean. It used to be former number one draft picks when we had Riser. Now and then it was and then it was tough former tough guys when we had Riser, and now it's former captains, right? <laughs> so and we suck. So you know, I mean, two one plus one in my book in that case equals two. I'm, so I, I I I I get and agree with what you're saying. I just think that it, it, as an aside, that you know, oh by the way, that also means that the leadership that we have right now isn't getting it done. I don't yeah, put a lot of yeah. I don't put a lot of stock in the whole rah rah thing. Like, for Christ's sakes, we're talking about grown men that are professionals. Do you really need the guy next to you to say, "Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go"? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. To, to, to me, one of the biggest problems is uh, anytime Russo mentions uh, Charlie Coyle struggling, he says you can just go in the room after the game, and he looks like somebody ran over a dog with a truck. You know, you you cannot play that way. And I think it's, uh, it is so, it's impossible for those of us on the outside to gauge, but the mental side of the game is so critical. Yeah. I I firmly believe the difference in the level of talent from the very best NHL players to mid-level minor league players, it, it, even that gap in talent is so marginal, and 99.9% of that, to, to my mind, comes between the ears. And, I mean, Coyle has got to figure this out that, you know, yeah, we need him to produce, but it's not the end of the world if he doesn't produce in one game and let's just not have one bad game turn into ten bad games. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. All right. Um not wanting to belabor the belabor the points any more than we already have. Uh, let's let's go to final thoughts here. Um, Mason, what's your final thought for the week? Well, I, I think just kind of piggybacking off the what is it is it leadership or not? Um, so it, to me, it's it's if the if we suck and it's because the leadership isn't leading, or if it's not, then what is it? Is it what what is not getting the team motivated? Is it the leaders or the coaching? And I think I think we just keep coming back to it that if it continues if the team continues to not get it and not be motivated then you know there's you know it's the obvious thing will be unfortunately for Yo uh, he he's got a target on his back. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, you know, regardless of of whether or not that's warranted by other actions or other things, I, I think that's got to be the way it goes. I mean, it's, um, uh, Mike, final thoughts. Do you really want me to go there? Yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> Get down. Uh, no, just drink more. It's just fucking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> really, I just like that. That's really about what we need at this point is as fans to to continue to stomach this team is just more alcohol or you know more weed or I don't know just something to something to 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 numb the senses at this point. Well, I'd say their play is doing a pretty good job of numbing my fucking senses. <laughs> <laughs> Doubles, final thoughts. Well, I haven't been ripped since I started my cancer treatments back in 2007, but that horse <laughs> shit that I watched last night up to 5 nothing about made me fall off the wagon right then and there. <laughs> it, I mean, I, in a way, I, I'm kind of asking myself, God, was I wrong to have expectations for this team? Yeah. And... Now, you know. Now we're talking about the draft lottery, and it's just enough to piss off the poll. Yep. No, I hear you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Church on that. Um, my final thought is: this is going to be. They all are, but you know, you look at this week. We've got three games this week, all at home. Three game homestand. Uh, a struggling San Jose team, which is ahead of us in the standings, and then uh, on Tuesday, and then Thursday home Chicago, Saturday home Nashville. You know, two teams that are right at the top of the conference for good reasons in both cases. And the Nashville game is a one o'clock game, which if uh, before a back-to-back, we go to Chicago the next day. So um, you're gonna you figure if if healthy, you're gonna want backs to start one of those, um, uh, which means I still think that he struggles when you take him out of his total rhythm. And if he's got to start the total walk at 10 a.m., I think that's a weird thing for him. So that means that you want Kemper to start that one and, you know, backs to play in Chicago, and it just doesn't get any prettier ever. So um, my final thought is to reiterate my prior thought, which is this team was not making the playoffs this year, and uh, that is extremely, extremely disappointing and, um, frankly, unacceptable given where they where they had gotten to before this season and what uh, I think reasonable expectations were coming into the season. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, like we've been saying all night, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is of of that should it come to pass. Uh, for doubles, for Jared Mason, for Mike Berg, this is Nick New York. Thank you for listening to the 5-Minute Major, and we'll talk to you guys soon.